You're listening to Hayes Radio Network, Cannabis Lifestyle Radio. And I got them chilling in the cooler, break out the ruler. Dang, that's the fattest dog I ever seen. The weather's heating Cali, getting weeded makes it feel like Maui. Now we feel the good vibrations. So many females, so much inspiration. Yo, what's up? This is Tajay of the Mighty Souls. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Chirp Talk. I am your host, Sarah Tokes. Today we have Dear Cannabis, a new compassion company. We have Mel and Vino. Awesome. <laughs> Do you want to say hi? Good. Good afternoon, everyone. Hello. Good afternoon. Good morning. Whatever time you're listening to this. And good night. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much for having us today. Yeah, of course. Thank you guys for coming through. Uh, they, Dear Cannabis is a new compassion company based out of Sacramento. So, of course, thank you guys for the drive down. Um, so, Melissa, let's start off with you, kind of your backstory and how you got into cannabis. Uh, absolutely. So, um, you know, going all the way from the beginning, um, my mom got sick when I was three. Uh, she got breast cancer. Uh, cannabis was always around, helping with her nausea uh, through chemo. And um, she passed when I was six. Um, I got older, um, was on... I'm good? All right. I was uh, put on Ritalin and Zoloft by the time I was eight years old. Um, became a little bit of a zombie and antisocial and uh, got into high school and tried cannabis. And I was like, wow, I can smoke weed and I don't need to take medication. Yeah. And it's giving me the same benefits as the pharmaceuticals did. Um, so I became a habitual smoker. I got into hospitality. Um, I bartended in San Francisco for about eight years, moved out to New York and ran bars in Manhattan, and literally quit overnight and moved back out to California to jump in, uh, into cannabis with a girlfriend of mine. And that is how I got here. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. We just got some cartridges if you guys oh. want to smoke on some Mix Masters. I like <laughs> As we go in. My language. Right? Jackie Tan. <laughs> how about you, Vin? How did you get into the industry um, and kind of to where you're at right now? Yeah. Um, my story kind of goes back almost 10 years. Uh, my, you know, how I got to cannabis. So when I was a student in college, I made some friends and those friends happened to be veterans. Uh, I think at the time I was 20 years old. And so for me, it was... Um, the first time I ever experienced, you know, being able to have discussions with the men and women that fought, you know, o overseas and to really see some of the, um, you know, effects of war and, you know, to then put on top of that, being a student in college, it was, it was an amazing opportunity I had at a young age to, to participate and help grow a club uh, in, the, in college that I went to for vets. And, you know, after that, I went off and I was in corporate America. I was actually a district manager in the grocery industry. So I guess I went from selling greens to selling greens. <laughs> so really, maybe not much has changed. <laughs> and, you know, that, uh, that experience, let me just, yep, get on the right level. There we go. <laughs> you know, so that experience was amazing. Just the amount of opportunities and responsibilities I had um, for most of my 20s, traveling around, opening up stores, managing. But what come what came with that was about 80-hour 80, 80 work weeks. Yeah, of course. Stress, depression, anxiety, a lot of the things that, you know, affect, um, 
our, our community and, and the and the world. So, you know, I then was able to move back to California in 2015, I believe, and thought things would get better. You know, when we come to California, everything's better in California sometimes, <laughs> like the weather. <laughs> so they say. You know, so they say. Um, but it was just as bad. You know, the amount of work hours that I was doing was probably double in certain days. And, you know, I wasn't as close to family or friends as I thought I was going to be when I moved back home. Um, and then in 2017 is really when things changed for me. Um, one of the friends, my best friend who I helped start the club with yeah. for veterans, um, he ended up passing away. And for me, that was the one thing that really put in perspective what was important for me. And so I quit my job overnight to my parents, uh, you know, their own, uh, you know, thoughts on that. But they were, they were like, you know, cannabis, um, you are entering it for the right reasons. You want to explore medical cannabis. Yeah. If you do that, we support you. You're not coming in to be a Chad. Right. No, no, no. no. My name so no is Chad Vinod. Zone. My name is Vinod, not Chad. Vinod, Chad's in the mm -hmm. room. So that's how I first, you know, got involved in the cannabis industry in the 215 days. And um, yeah. That's awesome. So um, what made you guys kind of want to start your compassion program after being in the compliant industry and just working for brands? Well, so we both were kind of working alongside each other in different companies and we were friends and we had kind of a, a group of cannabis um, co-workers and mentors that we were all hanging out and kind of getting to know each other um, and supporting each other in the industry. Um, but he tried to poach me, I tried to poach him, <laughs> he tried to poach me again. It happened. <laughs> and uh, COVID hit and we really had kind of a, a sacred pause to be able to uh, connect and focus on the pain points we were seeing in the industry, um, the bad business, the fact that it was all about money and that patients had kind of taken a back seat to everything else uh, in the industry. And of course, you know, I called Vinod and I'm just like, well, how are you handling COVID? And what do you think about this uh, change in how we're going to do business dealing with um, COVID? And he kind of gave me the worst speech of my life and was like, you know, <laughs> like, what, heart. yeah, like what we're going to do now is going to determine who we are for the rest of our lives. And uh, it just kind of sparked this, okay, well, let's talk about it. And how do we fix it? And how do we do business the right way? Um, so we decided to um, start at the basics of why we both got into cannabis and what was important. My yeah. mom, his friend, Larry, and we decided that, you know, nobody's kind of fighting for the patients. So we wanted to give them a voice and we wanted to bring it back to that um, and kind of hold the industry uh, a little accountable to remember where it all started. Um, so we made a phone call to a friend of mine and he donated 20 pounds of trim. Um, I'm going to hit this real quick. Do you, boo, this do is you. a huge blunt, by the way. It's the eight gram blunt by Cali Green Gold infused. Shout out to David. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, we work with a company out of Nevada City called Emerald Bay Extracts. Um, Casey and Thomas. Casey's an uh, ex oncology nurse who quit the um, the medical field to come into extraction with cannabis and make RSO. Um, 
So what is RSO for people listening that don't know what's up? Yeah, so Rick Simpson oil is uh, actually created by Rick Simpson. Um, he had skin cancer, so he created uh, this concentrated crude oil and rubbed it on his skin cancer. And supposedly that is what healed his cancer. Um, so then it became a product uh, for chronic pain, seizures, um, not being able to sleep, um, just kind of one of the most medical-based products. Very big during the 215 days. A lot of collectives gave it away. Yeah, um, correct. But Prop 64 hit and taxes and regulations. And, I mean, there's buyers that I talk to still to this day that have no idea what RSO is. You don't really see it on the market that much. I've only right. seen, um, I think, Cream of the Crop has an RSO. That's probably mm -hmm. the only one I've really seen in the market. But for people that really need it and they don't really know... You know, kind of puts them in a weird position. Right. And, you know, Emerald Bay, they take it a step further and they have strain-specific RSO. So, you know, obviously cannabis hits everyone differently. Yeah. So do the strains, so do the terpene profiles and everything that goes and makes the plant so beautiful as it is. And that's what RSO is, is the entire full spectrum of the plant. So to have that combination of specific strains and um, seeing how that affects, you know, different ailments it is really one of the most potent products you can get in the market. Absolutely. So we talked to them about their capacity as far as um, donations and what they were doing to give back. And, you know, they were making products here and there, being a part of events, um, but there wasn't really like a program. So they can blast up to 250 pounds of biomaterial a day. Uh, they do their RSO um, cold ethanol extraction. So we got the 20 pounds, they went and picked it up, uh, they blasted it, they got about 1,100 grams of Purple Punch strain-specific RSO. Um, Casey spoke to a uh, testing lab, um, California AG Labs, and they're out in Marysville, shout out. Um, <laughs> and they donated one test a month. Um, so then- That's awesome. Right? So Vinod reached out to a friend of his from Stuffed and Stacked, who does all the packaging for Alien Labs and Connected. And they were kind enough to donate $1,000 of packaging a month towards the program. So uh, we took all of the logos of everybody involved, and Casey created a label where we all co-branded, um, made it very clear it was a compassion skew yeah. and a collaborative effort. Um, and the bags are being stickered, hopefully right now as we speak. Um, the RSO is in syringes waiting to be bagged. Uh, as soon as we get into final packaging, we're going to throw it in testing. And then we are working with a couple of retailers and distributors across Northern California that have already agreed to intake it through metric, uh, which is way easier than anybody thinks. <laughs> um, so we are going to connect with, you know, groups like Sweet Leaf, Collective in the Bay Area, Operation EVAC, um, Padre Mu in Oakland, and we are going to make sure that their patients have access to this medicine. So I'm going to let uh, Vinod tell you about some of the exciting conversations we've been having up north in Humboldt and Shasta. Um, yeah, let me just pass the blunt over. <laughs> <laughs> You're, yeah, you know, when you bring up the term compassion, or actually, I could back it up. You know, when you have conversations with some of the retail partners, you know, that you've been working with for so many years, um, sometimes the conversation is, is about just one particular thing, whether it's a product or something else. It's 
for me, my experience was it was always like one um, avenue that I was speaking to my retail uh, friends and partners about. But as soon as we talked about compassion yeah. and like kind of <laughs> what was in the 215 days, a lot of the retail partners and owners of these dispensaries who know exactly what 215 and the compassion and RSO is, they've really opened up and been wanting to help. So some of the conversations now are their retail partners that are starting to get more vertically integrated. They yeah. have access to farms. The farmers want to help. They want to donate. They just want to make their um, strains like into medicine. Some of them just want to, to give, uh, you know, they want to make sure we don't run out. Because once you start a compassion, we want to make sure that we don't, don't run out. So those are, uh, you know, what Mel was saying is the conversations we're having now with some of our partners is how do we continue to keep this going mm -hmm. so it never stops again? That's crazy. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm like, just imagine having an endless amount of weed. Right. But just for <laughs> right. like the right reasons. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. great. So um, when it comes to whole like compassion skews, are you able to have those at recreational shops or is it mainly like med, med rec? How does that work? Absolutely. So um, here's the thing, right, is uh, as Vano mentioned earlier, like with taxes and regulations, you know, I think clubs have just been trying to survive um, and it's very overwhelming and changing every day and then bring in metric. And um, so in March, they actually passed um, SB 34, which um, brought compassion back onto the table. So as long as it starts in metric from the cultivator or manufacturer as a compassion donation in metric, which is a cute little present next to the word. It's like <laughs> super easy. That's um, funny. And you sign a certificate saying that you will not resell it. Um, then it goes through the whole supply chain completely free, tax-free, like all the way to the retailer, completely free, all the way to the patient, uh, recreational uh, or medical. So... We are working on trying to kind of coordinate the groups that are already focusing on mental health, PTSD, veterans, um, chronic pain, cancer, and kind of connect them with the retailers who have agreed to help us. And so, you know, we're taking it a step further and we're creating a one sheet of all the information, the BCC regulations, the um, actual metric instructions on how to put it through as a compassion product, the certificate, um, and going into the retailers and distributors and showing them like, hey, it is this easy to just intake it through your system. And most of them are completely unaware that we can do this now. So yeah. it's really exciting to have these conversations because a lot of these uh, collectives back in the day that Vinod was mentioning, they had huge programs and had patients coming in giving away thousands of dollars of, you know, compassion medicine and to prop 64 hit and uh, destroyed the industry, oh, completely oh. destroyed the industry. <laughs> that was like the atom bomb. We did not need to happen to cannabis. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> then COVID right in oh the middle my God. of Co all of that. COVID in the middle of like exactly when the compassion care um, act comes back and then boom, COVID hits. Mm. And then they hire all new staff at the at dispensaries and no one knows how to use metric. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Metric is just by far the most confusing thing, but it finally taught Americans and cannabis users the metric system. So Absolutely. And I think also too, <laughs> uh, you know, what we noticed going back to the fact that everybody has a lot going on. Everybody has yeah. to, you know, juggle a lot of jobs in this industry. Uh, taking it and making it a team effort 
across the industry, it takes a lot of that weight off of everyone having to be, you know, responsible for all parts of it. So when we spread it out, it's a lot easier to carry when we work as a team and we reach more patients, which is the whole point. Um, so we're really excited to see how it grows. We have a cultivator that um, we're picking up six pounds of a high CBD full like flower that we're going to make um, in our next batch. And then we have another cultivator who said he has uh, 50 pounds for us every two months of trim. So we are now uh, reaching out to other labs, trying to find more testing uh, packaging companies to find more packaging. We're pretty good on the extraction um, and the cultivators for yeah. the biomaterial. Um, the retailers are ready, excited. The distributors are down to help. Um, and, you know, we can get it to the point where when we get it to the distributor, every normal order that goes out to a retail account will just have a second metric transfer of compassion. So then it's we're already delivering so it's not taking money out of the distributor's pocket to have to send a truck to bring this medicine you just do it as a normal daily practice as you do business um and so i think we're looking to also help these clubs and distributors develop those programs and understand how to scale it and not get overwhelmed um and like he said the more we've been talking to people and the people who want to get involved and who want to help um, we really see this as something that can grow quite quickly and really bring it back to the patients you know we we want that to be the focus of the industry yeah i mean that's what cannabis is all about it's all about compassion you know that's what the compassion act prop 215 and 96 got passed for you know Correct. so seeing the compassion literally just get stripped away year by year when prop 64 goes by right Right. It's sad. And then the other part of it, too, you know, with remediation, you're paying to destroy a product that's perfectly good. So our next project that we're looking into, because we're still learning, we're growing, um, you know, we're trying to figure out if there's an expired COA, um, but it hasn't been packaged. You know, how do we remediate it into compassion to be able to use it to donate or to extract? Um, we're also trying to figure out a system so when clubs or distributors have products that are expiring, that we can put that through the same kind of program um, and just kind of eliminate the waste and, you know, literally just paying to destroy medicine. Like, it's pretty ridiculous. Right. Yeah, and especially with the one-year expiration, like, realistically, how accurate is that? I've smoked stuff way past a year. That's and what I'm it saying. Works. Like, it works. It doesn't always taste great, but it yeah, works. It's not my first choice, but yeah, like you gotta I've, do what you gotta do. I've smoked on some like year old like wax or something, <laughs> and I was like, wait, this was shattered so sugary right now. Like, <laughs> how did this happen? And right. it was just like the terps were gone. It was not a vibe, but right. I wouldn't say it was like expired, but exactly. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, this is, you know, something that we're looking to collaborate. We're looking to co-brand. We're looking to build together. It's not something that either of us can handle on our own. Uh, we came together to support each other as a business, but now we're just looking to expand that network and kind of have an open source compassion network of people who want to do the right thing that can all collaborate and make it super possible um, with minimum stress. Yeah. <laughs> So how would uh, retailers, distributors, whatever, uh, cannabis companies, how would they get involved? Uh, so, you know, the best way is we have an email address set up where companies and organizations interested in getting in touch and just um, getting more information or um, receiving from us the actual open source compassion network 
um, like a, it's like a document that Mel, Melissa created to just kind of take notes from what people are willing to volunteer, like either their time or resources. So that email is letters at mydearcannabis.com. Um, you know, part of the part of the mission as well is to really record the compassion and how it grows and scales in the next 5, 10, 15, 100 years. You know, we want to make sure that the stories um, are not lost, you know, and we want to know what companies are willing to do to keep that story going about compassion, to keep that um, momentum going for the patients. So send in letters at dear, at mydearcannabis.com, you know, yeah. to get more information. Yeah, and I think the other cool part about this too, um, you know, not just collecting the stories, but the analytics, right? Yeah. Some people mm-hmm. are numbers people. I get it. I'm in sales. I come from bartending, which is, you know, I'm All measuring numbers. cocktails. Mm-hmm. Numbers, 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 right? So we're hoping to be able to collect data that then we can work with, uh, you know, lobbyists and people who are trying to, you know, change the way the government you know, regulates marijuana, we'll be able to give them hard data. Look, this is how easy it was to help this many people. And then comparing that with, you know, other analytics from the city, the suicide rate or crime rate or, you know, cancer um, rate, whatever, we can kind of compare and collaborate that data and then come with a more um, concrete um, suggestion of how we were able to help and what is possible and you know do things like getting it covered by health insurance i mean my sister can go pay twenty dollars at walgreens to buy you know adderall which is legal drugs you know cocaine whatever meth salt (laughs) (laughs) whatever they want to call it but then when i go to the dispensary to buy my dad rso it's you know fifty dollars out the door and he's going through a gram in a couple days um, so it's just kind of, it's not even. So we're trying to bring all the analytics and data to the people making the changes and just kind of support it. And like, this is what's actually happening and going on. And trying to just like break the stigma of like cannabis as a medicine instead of just a drug. So correct. Let's bring those prices down, guys. Please. <laughs> Together. <laughs> Together I mean, we can do it. And there's room for everything, right? Like, don't get me wrong. I love to roll a swisher and kick it on my couch and, you know, turn on the music. But I also use it daily to manage my anxiety and my ADHD and my depression. Um, So I think there's a side to, or, you know, there's appropriate time for both, but the education's missing beside, um, with the medical side of things. So if we make it a more normal conversation and we get more people involved and compassion doesn't become something confusing and, you know, ancient and it's a very real tangent thing. That's like where we're heading with what we want to do. Yeah, that's awesome. You just need to stay on top of it, continue to educate patients, consumers, buyers, whatever on what's going on. That's Absolutely. Awesome. I love hearing that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, are you able to talk about any of the brands that you've partnered with or just kind of go in on them or? Absolutely. Okay, awesome. Um, so the first brand where, you know, we got the trim from is a uh, correct cannabis. Um, Brennan, Cameron, you're amazing. Appreciate you. Um, they are based out of Oakland, and it was kind of just like a thoughtless thing. He's just like, yeah, come pick it up. I'm in. So he kind of kickstarted it, and then we'll jump to uh, ML Bay Extracts, Thomas and Casey, 
amazing, amazing people. Um, they're up in Nevada City. Uh, Casey was an ex-oncology nurse, uh, worked in the ICU, really saw a lot of uh, pharmaceutical um, reactions to things instead of, um, you know, going a more natural route. So she left the industry, started ex extracting and making RSO. Um, they are involved in all sorts of compassion programs kind of here and there. And so when we approach them for this, they're just, you know, all hands on deck. Let's go. Um, so they've been amazing. They're also a distribution themselves. So they're going to be able to push this medicine uh, through their own distribution into our retailers that carry their other SKUs of RSO. Um, and then Casey uh, from Emerald Bay, AG, California AG Labs in Marysville. They stepped in, donated one test a month. Um, and then um, I've known uh, some of, uh, so some of my friends back, uh, since I almost started in this industry, um, they now work with a group called Stuffed and Stacked. So they do a lot of packaging um, for some big brands. And after discussing the project we were working on, um, you know, they were more than happy to help us get our first labeled, like professionally done labeled compassion donation where it's not just something thrown in a bag or a Ziploc are bag. You, yeah, I was going to say, are you going to do Mylar? Are you going to, to do it in a nice box? What are your... It's yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so... <laughs> <laughs> we're so... We're just excited. I know so the excited. excitement. It's all yeah. good. Um, so our first batch is going to be in a Mylar bag. Um, you know, because it's compassion, we're not skimping on the biomaterial, but yeah. the packaging is not the main concern. Yeah, it's not the name thing. Right. Yeah, so we have it in a Mylar bag with a sticker. It's in a plastic syringe, full gram. Um, and, you know, moving forward, depending on how we scale this and who gets involved... You know, the other cool part that we can do with Emerald Bay is we can make tinctures. So it doesn't have to just be a, a RSO. We yeah. can also dilute it and make more of it and make it a tincture. Um, so I think as we see who wants to get involved with the packaging and, you know, the different um, options we have that make sense, then, um, you know, we can grow our SKUs kind of as it moves and whatever makes sense, you know? Yeah, and who knows what's going to be on the forefront of medical research coming here yeah. soon as you know, things start to become opening up more states, more countries, international. Uh, who knows where we could go with this, me you know, medically speaking, which is what gets me excited. Hey. You know, <laughs> I want to go travel. I want to see what medicine is being made all around the world. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> That's awesome. Do you guys want to say anything before we sign off? We're getting ready to wrap up this episode. Yeah. I mean, I really want to shout you out. I super yes. appreciate you, you. Uh, <laughs> reaching out and I'm so glad we connected um, and having us on the show and giving us a platform to talk about this program and, you know, the other help, you, help you've been putting in. Like, I'm so excited to just watch this grow and bring more people in and build and just, you're a badass and I appreciate you. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was amazing, <laughs> Melissa. I just want to say thank you. Um, you know, it just means so much to have met Melissa and then through her meet you and everyone here. It just gets me excited about what the future has for us. I know, of course. And I want to thank you both for coming through and honestly starting this compassion program because it's time to bring this back into the industry. And I want to thank everybody that's listening for tuning into this week's episode of Terp Talk. Make sure to follow us on IG at TerpTalkCA. And this episode was sponsored by Persepolis Brand and the Compassion Co. I'll see you soon. We in the gut, the cinema was mediocre. Take it to the grip so I can stroke him. Kids get broken.
You're listening to Hayes Radio Network, Cannabis Lifestyle Radio.